The Heat are still winning games, but with questions about roster construction and an absolute lack of depth, could other teams smell blood in the water when it comes to Jimmy Butler? Would Miami consider trading their superstar this offseason? We break it all down on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Vermeil. Thank you for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day and for subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on your app store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps in the game. David, I want to revisit Monday night's win over the jazz and this run that Jimmy Butler has been on uh, because I think when you said that you expected more from the heat than a four point win uh, that you wanted a blowout. Yeah. I think that that was a fair way to feel, even if it might be wrong to expect that from this team to expect this heat team to blow out even the Jazz, I, I think it was fair. I think it's a fair way to feel, given how Jimmy Butler is playing right now, that we have seen Jimmy Butler fully engage playoff Jimmy Butler. And when you consider where this team was last year, the expectations going into this season, I get it. But this is also not last year's team. The supporting cast has regressed, even though they're still in the mix for the, the sixth seed in the East, at least mathematically. 538, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Cleaning the Glass has this stat that estimates where a team should be based yeah. on its margin of victory, uh, yeah. average margin of victory. And they have the heat basically at the quality of a 500 basketball team, which is what you and I have been saying all year long is that this is a 500 basketball team. So I do want to take this conversation just another step further. And it's something that we've talked about here and there over the last few months. But if Jimmy Butler can play this way and the heat are still playing like a 500 basketball team, where is this all going? That's the ultimate question. I don't know if there's a clear answer here because you you even expect that there is another level to Jimmy's performance, despite what we've seen in his strength over the last few weeks, where, as we've talked about, he's putting up fantastic, perhaps best of career type numbers, and it's still not enough to get past Orlando, Charlotte, twice they've lost to the Charlotte Hornets, et cetera. There's a number of bad, bad losses over the course of the season. And so I don't know what the ceiling for this team is. I, I when I, and I know that I spoke out of frustration. And I should add also, look, you know, the Utah Jazz sub five hundred with their overall record, but they're still plucky. They're still competing for a playoff spot. Their head coach Will Hardy said that they the team has hope that they can still win enough to you know at least fight for a play in seed. They, we'll they have it. a better point differential than the Miami Heat. That's that that I referenced they earlier. They do. They do. And I know they they do. the Heat have more wins than losses as opposed to the Jazz, but the they're basically closer to the Jazz than they are even the Knicks at this point. Like that is that's the tier the Heat are on qualitatively speaking when you look at these stats. They're not crushing teams. They're not establishing dominance on these teams and I don't know what it is. I, I look we're getting great performances from Jimmy more often than not. Even if you, even oh, look, I, I, I was nitpicking when I said that his game on Monday night wasn't fantastic. He still had the production, whether it comes to the free throw line or whatever. 
at the very least, he's still putting up the numbers. That's fine. Bam and Tyler had solid nights as well. Uh, they had a number of other scores that chipped in, but not nearly enough. And that's the problem. So just not getting enough of a contribution from everybody else. And and that's that's where the problem is. And it's kind of inexplicable. Uh, I, I You look at this roster, and it's virtually identical to what they had last year. Caleb Martin's playing better than he even did last year. They added Kevin Love. You got Cody Zeller for the last few games, et cetera. It, it still should be a good enough team to at least get a 10-point win over an opponent, certainly an opponent like the Jazz that are coming off the end of a road trip and they're exhausted, they've been on the road for two weeks, et cetera. I don't get why they're not able to do that. But look, if and you're they haven't at- done it all year. Like, this is what the team is. And so if you're Jimmy Butler and you're looking around, because the one thing that I think that we we're trying to look forward to is, all right, when playoff Jimmy is engaged, what does this team look like? If the Heat could just sneak into the playoffs, if they could just get into whatever no. seed they are, because then you have Jimmy Butler. And then Jimmy Butler could do anything he wants in the playoffs. And we saw what he did last year on that run, carrying an injured, limping Miami Heat team to a shot away from the NBA Finals. An historic NBA Finals run. We're like, well, just get into the playoffs, and then Jimmy could take over. Jimmy's already taken over. This is playoff Jimmy. This is it. And the Heat are still only beating a, ja- a tired, limping Jazz team by four points at home. And so now that we know that this is the ceiling, this is the ceiling of the Miami Heat. Like there is no, hey, if they put it together, there's no and next all this level. stuff, like there's nothing left. Like this is the best version of the Miami Heat. Playoff Jimmy, fully engaged, and there's still a 500 basketball team, regardless. Right. Um, that's why I ask, where is this going? Because Jimmy Butler has been very uh transparent, voicing his trans his his frustrations lately. He's basically fed up, F this, this thing, all this stuff. Like, I understand why he's fed up because he's getting to the line 15 times a game. He's throwing his body around. He's he's uh, taking all this physical punishment. He's engaging this playoff level of, of play that he did not want to engage a month left into the se- uh, left in the season. And his teammates just can't make any shots. Like, no, like, I know they shot 41% on Monday night, but in, uh, in the aggregate, enough. in the aggregate, and they can't make any shots. And I understand why he would be frustrated. And he was frustrated at times last year, too. I mean, it's Jimmy Butler. He's not easy to get along with. But at least they were the one seed last year. It's different. It's different this time. And that's why I ask. Like, there has been some conversations, like, and, and you and I have been pretty much on the forefront of this, at least, like, all right, you're the, you're the Miami Heat. You're basically capped out. You're kind of in, you're, you're pinned in a corner with this roster based on the cap uh, issues that you have. Uh, the lack of flexibility, the long-term contracts that you have on the books and all these things. And I just wonder, like, is this going to get to a point where the Heat have to shop Jimmy Butler, A, because it's the only way out of this mediocre basketball team, similar to what we just saw the Utah Jazz do? Or B, because Jimmy Butler does what he's done before multiple times and just say, this isn't working, get me out of here, send me somewhere else. That's a good That's a good question. I, I, I still think, that you hang on to a superstar like Jimmy Butler. That's not to say that other teams wouldn't expect Miami to, to at least look into the possibility of a trade. But my, I think the overall point here is, is Jimmy enough of a 1A, right? You need a superstar player to carry you in the playoffs. We've seen that Jimmy can be that. Regardless of the strength of the bench and whatever, Jimmy can be your top player. He can be the guy. There have been questions about Jimmy throughout his whole career before coming to Miami about whether or not he could be the type of player who could carry you to a finals run. I think he's disproved that based on the yeah, historical. He's proven that he can be. The bubble and yeah. last year. 
sure there was a blip in between with the Milwaukee Bucks. Don't care. That's yeah, what we saw, that. he can do it. And he's he's so, playing better this year than he ever has. So that we're talking about we've got that superstar player for the playoffs. Do you have it for the regular season? And now that's a different concern, though. And so I wonder if Miami looks at it, well, we need to be able to win these 82 games just to be able to get into the, the playoffs in the first place so that we can unlock that version of Jimmy. But it doesn't matter if you don't get into the playoffs to win enough games. And that's where Jimmy, you know, we're seeing him of late. But I don't know that I don't know that Jimmy's performances of late are enough to just kind of look at over the, the, the aggregate of the whole regular season whether or not he's still that type of player to carry you like you you routinely we know it see- no no I, I understand what you're saying david like we we know it already like we just said we saw this level of jimmy butler play and they still beat the a, a tired jazz team by four points like we have seen it that's kind of my whole point here is even if jimmy butler were to play like this for 82 games i don't think that the heat are much better record wise than they are right now i <laughs> I just, I don't think that the team is good enough. The Kyle Lowry thing has been a bust. Duncan Robinson makes $20 million a year. He does not play. Uh, the, the supporting cast has regressed. Like, this is not a good basketball team. This is not a good basketball team. And I, I it's something that we want to get into here. But at the top, I think Jimmy Butler is that guy. I think Bam Adebayo has been really good. He's he's developed a lot this year. He is, he's taken a leap. I think Tyler Hero, you know I'm number one on the Tyler Hero bandwagon right now. I'm driving this thing. I am still not quitting Tyler Hero. But beyond those three guys, I don't see an, a player that is above average at his position on the roster. And I don't think that's a hot take. And when no, that's no. your team, you have a lot of problems. And I think gripes with the Heat's top players, Jimmy, Bam, even Tyler, are a little misplaced. We'll tell you where the real issues with the Heat are next. But first... Today's episode of Locked On Heat is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Look, I'm really excited about our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, then your dream can come true, and this game is for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for everything, hiring in the right coaches, the right assistants, even the the conditioning coach, you hire that guy too. Uh, trading and training players, uh, making the draft picks, scouting those players, navigating your franchise through free agency, uh, improving your arena and your facilities, uh, your facilities, all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Uh, I, growing up, was a big uh, Madden franchise mode guy. Like, I hesitate to count the hours that I spent in my room playing Madden French. It was a lot. It was a You're lot right. of things. Like You're I was right. Malcolm Gladwell's like hundred thousand, hundred thousand hours rule, whatever it is. <laughs> like I nailed that. Uh, and I'm kind of on that path now with ultimate pro basketball GM, this app I'm David, I'm addicted to this thing. Like I love it. If you people listening, watching, if you love like Madden franchise mode and stuff like that, this game is, I'm telling you it's for you. It's addicting. Maybe don't download it because it's that addicting. It's that much fun. Um, but uh, Locked On listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or just look it up in your app store. That's probasketballgm.com. Locked On Heat is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so please do subscribe. Um, all right. So we were talking about the supporting cast there before, and, and I, I want to... 
I want to discuss Jimmy's frustrations with this team a little bit right. and just sort of the frustrations you and I have talked offline a lot about the vibes just aren't the same with this team as it was last year. And right. I think there's been a lot of noise about why that is. I, I, I think it's very tangible and it's not just you and I that are in that locker room and noticing that there's a lot of people, reporters locally noticing this and maybe extrapolating a little too much. I think what it comes down to for me is Jimmy Butler's always been hard to work with. The same way that Chris Paul is hard to work with, the same way that Draymond Green is hard to work with, the same way that Kobe and Michael Jordan were hard to work with. There are players like this that are hard to work with, but it doesn't matter as long as the team is winning. And last year, the team won. So you dealt with Jimmy Butler, even though he's hard to work with. He asks a lot. He's very polarizing, all these things. Um, But the Heat were winning a bunch of games. They were the one seed in the East. So you live with it. You're okay with it. When Golden State is winning championships, Draymond Green is the heart and soul of the team. When they're not, he's the problem with the team. You could say the same thing about Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. To me, that stuff is misplaced. And I actually understand where Jimmy Butler is coming from. If he is fed up with this roster, I get it. Because the roster just has stunk this year. Beyond Jimmy Bam and Tyler, who I think overall were very have have been and are very good. I just, I don't see how you look around that locker room, uh, around all the undrafted guys. And there are great stories and all this stuff. and And I like them all personally. But if you're Jimmy Butler, you're like, you promised me star players when I came to South Beach. And now I'm playing with an undrafted guy out of colleges I didn't even know existed. So what's going on here? You know? And I get it. I Yeah, but at the same time, look, I, maybe it's just uh, the brightness of day here and my mood has changed a little bit after just having to, to you know, to sit there on Media Row and watch uh, another barely contested win there. But... I, I think they provided the stars, right? Like they drafted Tyler. He's emerged into a star. You can question whether or not he's, I don't think he's a superstar yet, but he's still a, a decent player. He's a borderline player. all-star. He's a top 40-ish player, let's say, you know, somewhere around mm. top 50 player. Top 70 player? Top 70. I, I think that's, right. uh, I, we were talking about top 40 scores. Top we were, 40 score. Top 40 yeah. score. We were right before we started recording, like the ringer released their top 125. And by no means is that the Bible of what was in top. But I think it's a pretty fair snapshot. They had Jimmy ranked at 17, Bam at 24, Tyler at 70. Right. And I think that's, I think you and I have said all along, like Jimmy and Bam are both in the top 25 players in the NBA somewhere. But if you have two top 25 guys, that's really good. There's not a lot of teams that have that. And then Tyler being a top 70 player. Is a very that's still a very very good player, but they ranked the top 125, and there was not another Heat player in the top 125. That to me is, and and I would agree with that. Like that is not something that I would disagree with the Ringers' rankings. Like I'm like, yep, yeah, that that feels about right. Right. So the the fact that they the team has three scores in the top 40, you would look at that, and I think they're they're as we said before, uh, a one of a handful of teams, maybe a couple teams in total that yeah. might have three top scores like that. Jimmy's numbers aren't particularly great. Bams are pretty good overall. Tyler, again, averaging just over 20 points per game. He's the 40th scorer, 40th best scorer in points per game across the league. That should be enough. It's the lack of production then from everybody else. Yeah. So they, But to your point, though, if he's going to be frustrated, and I think he does have the right to feel frustrated, at the same time, they've done what they can in saying, look, you came to this team. You've got a, your co-pilot in Bam and Bio. You've got a young up-and-coming player who's getting better every season and Tyler Hero. So we've done what we can. It's just the the, the players on the fringes. It, it boils down to Kyle Lowry, basically. Kyle uh, Lowry was think- supposed to be the other star. He was supposed to be a top 50-ish guy. 
and he's yeah. been very, very far from that. And 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 you're right. And you look at the moves that the Heat have made. Let's just even go back to the bubble, right? Is the supporting cast around Jimmy Butler has it gotten better or worse? I would say it's gotten worse in three years since 2019, 20. Yeah, the the bubble run to the Lake the Lakers uh, against Lakers in the finals. That supporting cast was better than this one is, right? And and like Bam is gonna he's gonna develop and Tyler's gonna develop. So you take just their natural expected development out of it. The cast around those three guys, it's worse. It is unquestionably worth worse now. How is how is this front office building worse rosters around Jimmy Butler? How is this team getting worse? That to me is what I would be frustrated with if I were Jimmy Butler. They they re-signed Duncan and he he didn't improve and I think that's the expectation when well, you no, were I, I, yeah contract. I understand how like these were bad moves like the they haven't made, you look across their history of the last three or four years of good uh, of their transactions their best their only transaction that they've made over the last three or four years that you could say was an unmitigated since acquiring Jimmy Butler that you could say is an unquestionable success is re-signing Caleb Martin to six million a year over three years or whatever it is great value. and that that's the only good value contract that they've signed. It's the only transaction that has been a positive over multiple seasons, right? The Jay Crowder thing here, the Andre Iguodala thing, like the PJ Tucker thing, like little, like months longs, like uh, uh, snapshots, but no long-term value there. And so this, this front office has not done a good job, which lead, and look, you and I have talked about this a lot, but what I'm, what I'm kind of getting at here is, because of all these bad moves, they're pretty much locked in. Like Kyle Lowry, still under contract next year. Duncan Robinson, under contract for the next three years. No cap space. Extensions kicking in. One of the most expensive rosters in the league. Like they are next year, deep into the luxury tax. And you're a 500 basketball team. Jimmy Butler's not going to be okay with that. Mickey Arison is not going to be okay with that. Pat Riley is not going to be okay with this. So knowing all of this, knowing that there has to be changes... What can they do? And you start with, all right, improve the supporting cast that we just talked about. Trade Kyle Lowry. Trade Dun- well, they just tried to trade Kyle Lowry. They just tried to trade Duncan Robinson. Nobody wants those guys. Nobody wants those guys. All right. So if that can't happen, you try to su- you try to replace your supporting cast now with a new one. Well, you have no cap space. So you're basically left at either re-signing your own guys at something close to the minimum or something with limited bird rights or signing other veterans who are only going to be available at the minimum for one reason or another. You're not getting ring-chasing veteran minimum guys. Those guys aren't coming. Those guys are going to Milwaukee. Those guys are going to Denver. Those guys are going to those Phoenix, like those places. You're getting actual minimum guys. So they're not going to be a whole lot better than Max Struess and Gabe Vincent probably. They'll just be reshuffling the deck chairs. So then you go to the next step. If you can't trade Kyle or Duncan or these other big contracts and you can't do anything in free agency, then you need to make a big trade. And, and I do wonder if you need to reset the window. And you don't reset the window by trading Tyler or Bam. You reset it by trading Jimmy and getting draft picks and young players and things like that. And I just wonder, like, I'm with you. I would hate trading Jimmy Butler. You don't trade a top player, a 1A, a guy who can do what he has done. But you might have to. And that might be the unfortunate truth facing this front office. Look, it's, it's, it's certainly an interesting perspective. I just... Is it worth it? Because you don't know what the, the future holds, right? And at the very least now, you could say you're still a, a, a maybe a middling playoff team or a play-in tournament type team, but you're still competing. If you trade Jimmy Butler and go for the soft reset because you still have an all-star in Bam Adebayo and a future up-and-coming all-star perhaps in Tyler Hero, you can still compete the way the Utah Jazz were competing this year, the way the Brooklyn Nets are competing this year after they traded Kyrie Irving and, and, and uh, Kevin Durant. 
maybe there's enough on this roster depending on what you get back for Jimmy Butler. Is that better? Like, what's what's the ceiling with those teams? You know, if you trade Jimmy to X team, is the ceiling for that team higher than it is now with Jimmy Butler on this roster? I don't know that it is. No. Because you're not going to get a superstar back. But you're building on something. And I think one of the reasons this year feels so frustrating is it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. You don't feel like you're building on anything. It just feels like you're holding it together as loosely as Jimmy Butler's hair was held together last night. Like, it's just not. (laughs) You know, you're, you're of uh, sand, right? It's just been yeah. band-aid after band-aid after band-aid. And it's and like I said, you you keep band-aid bandaging this roster, and the supporting cast ends up being worse in three years than better. And so if that's the where this thing is headed, then maybe you just get in front of it now before this contract that Jimmy Butler has looks so bad and the supporting cast is so bad, and you're just locked into this team. If you're gonna trade Jimmy Butler, now's the time to do it because there's teams in Denver and Portland. Other like I'm just naming teams, no reporting, but I just like come to mind that like are desperate to make that next step, and maybe they'd be willing to 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 trade for Jimmy Butler now and pair them with the stars that they already have, right? And what's so interesting here is the Heat have been in the team in the market for the disgruntled superstar for the last two years, and they might be the team that has the disgruntled superstar that is going to get traded, and that might be a really tough look in the mirror moment for this front office. I don't know where to take this conversation. I really don't. I because I, well, I'm, let me I'm ask you this here. then: Would you, I you, the way you framed it is the right way to frame it. Is that team better? I don't know. That that team that team doesn't not have as higher ceiling right now or next season, but the team ha- it certainly would have if you traded Jimmy Butler for picks and young players, and, and you created cap flexibility and stuff. It has a higher ceiling three, four, five years from now. To your point, I don't know if they care about that, but that would be the answer. But let me ask you personally: Would you rather? cover and watch a Miami Heat team that looks like this one again for a year or a team that's at least building towards something and it maybe is a little bit more modern and it is a little bit more younger and has a little bit of a different vibe in that locker room potentially. That's a pretty easy answer. It's the yeah. latter, obviously. And yeah. that's, 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 it's tough to say. Cause I mean, I, again, I think, you know, we could, we could all be forgetting about every disgusting tight clutch win, uh, you know, in just a couple of weeks if they enter the play-in tournament and we see potentially, and I know it's a lot to hope for, to wish for, but we could see another level to this group with Jimmy and, and the same way that we did last year. I mean, they look, they entered as a first seed with zero expectations around the league. Nobody thought they would even get out of the first round, and they wound up getting all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and, again, as you said, almost to the finals itself. So I, I think there's still that potential, and I know I've been kind of banging that drum louder than everybody else, and I kind of lost – my, I let go of the rope last night. You did. I can't. Again. I thought you were like on my team. Now I thought you were like team like cynic negative, and now you're just like within I, tw- not even 24 hours. It's been what like 12. I don't even, like 12. Not even 12 hours. 14 watching hours. That, and now watching you're like, that game. Oh, watching that game. It. No, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. I, I don't. I'm not there either. I've just. I don't know that there's a better answer either. I've just. I, I, I feel I like int- going in there like an old school coach and going, what the hell is wrong with you guys? Get your heads out of your goddamn asses and play the way you're supposed to. You want well, a multi-million dollar deal? Go out there, goddamn earn it, gave Vincent Max Struess on and on and on. And then you can That's ride the bench. And then you get there, and then you can ride the bench like Duncan Robinson and not play at all. Um, no, I like, like <laughs> there are there is stuff that you could build on. The fact that they shot 41% from three is good. I tweeted this out yesterday. Like, if they're gonna regret if they're gonna positively revert back to the mean, that means they're gonna shoot 57% over the next 12 games, <laughs> right? 
which would be, like, be a really good time to start doing that right about now. But so if the if they're starting to shoot a little bit better again, forty one percent Monday night. We'll see what happens Wednesday against Memphis. Uh, if that Tyler Hero Bam out of bio pick and roll can become a functional part of the offense again, like all this stuff, I thought was stuff that they could take away and hope to try to build on. But like we said all year, it's like one step forward, two steps back all the time. Maybe they could build on this one. Maybe they could build on this one. It's just like how many, how many build on, how many turning points can one team have and we hear, before they we actually turn the corner? We got some feedback about that on our YouTube comments. And listen, we know. We know we keep saying, oh, is this the next step? Is this a- What I else are we know. supposed to say? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We're just trying to figure it out. I don't know. Maybe I, we'll I, look we back one talking- day and it will <laughs> be the turning point. But um, to go back to the Miami Heat's desperation, because that's what it I, I feel like this offseason, it's 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 gonna be really interesting. Um we talked about maybe blowing it up. There's one other X factor out there this summer that the Heat might be desperate enough to pursue. <laughs> and that guy's name is Kyrie Irving. We'll talk about that next. But first, David, tell a listener about our sponsors. We just lost half our listeners after that. The, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. And now the perfect time to download FanDuel. You know what? It's not a midway point. It's like the 80% point of the NBA season. But download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. It's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. Secure, super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line. The point scores will Jimmy, playoff Jimmy, emerge over the next 12 games to carry Miami. Place a bet on that because you could win a lot of money. There's so many different options to place wagers at FanDuel. It even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's right. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Reach Locked on Heat on Twitter, Instagram. Email us, LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. Let's shift gears here. Uh, let's go to Dallas. The Luka Kyrie thing has not gone great for the Mavs. Uh, both are injured right now. Uh, but even when they're on the court, they have a losing record with them together. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that that they can get into over on Locked on Mavs. But for, for our purposes, um, I do wonder if this could result in Kyrie looking elsewhere when he's a free agent this offseason. The Lakers rumors have been out there for a very long time. He is a free agent. If he looks around Dallas and is like, okay, like I'm awesome. Luca's awesome. The rest of this team isn't awesome. I'm a free agent. I can go anywhere I want. Would not be the first time Kyrie ditched a team, right? So if he's out there as a free agent, the Heat, according to some reporting, were a little split on pursuing Kyrie Irving at the deadline before he was traded to Dallas. Um, there are some people in that front office that said, you know what, I think it's worth the risk here. And some people in that front office says, no way are we letting that guy in our building. But from a cap flexibility standpoint, in retrospect, had they made the Kyrie move, it probably would have involved Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, one of these contracts that they're trying to get off of. And then even if you just let Kyrie walk in the summer, at least you're off that contract, right? And so... You know, in hindsight, maybe there was maybe there is a little bit of uh, uh, regret of not maybe pursuing that harder. Whether or not they could have actually gotten them is not really the point. The point is if they have another chance to do it this summer, and if Kyrie's value is because he's if this goes south and he is looking to be a free agent, it's not like he's going to have a ton of leverage. It's not like he's going to be walking around as a free agent and be like, "Look what I just did in Dallas. Don't you want to sign me?" 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe the Lakers are the only team, but, like, D'Angelo Russell's actually been pretty good for them. I don't know. Maybe they won't even go that route. I, I have no idea. The point is, would they even, as the Heat, broach the topic of bringing Kyrie Irving in if they can get him at some sort of value? They're not going to get him at the minimum, but, you know, if you're able to move some of these contracts, do some things. Like, is the Kyrie thing even on the table for the Miami Heat? Is this even worth a conversation right now? It should be. And I think we've come, we just broke down that point. Like if you're looking at this roster and you've got enough talent there with Jimmy and ostensibly with Bam and Tyler as top 70 ish players themselves, then you need to shore up the biggest weak point on this roster. And unfortunately that's Kyle Lowry. And I know that we keep expecting, at least I do that Kyle is going to be able to play at a decent level, if not at a high level. And that was the expectation when they signed him that contract is there. He's going to play at a high level at the very least. You can get some production out of him over the next month. For however long this playoff run might last, if it does even start to begin with, you're going to hope to get something out of Kyle, but you can't count on that next season. There's no turning back the clock for Kyle Lowry. There's no next step for him. You can continue to get peak Jimmy for the next season, maybe next two or three seasons. You can get Bam to continue to get better. You can get Tyler to get better. Kyle Lowry's not getting any better. And so it's absolutely imperative for Miami to find an option to replace Kyle Lowry. And if so, if that is Kyrie Irving, if that's the best option, then so be it. And I, look, I, I'm not going to be able to separate, nor you as a fan or anybody should be able to separate the off the court things with the on the court things, because that is a human being who has made some grave mistakes and does not seem to have any kind of accountability or, 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 or you know, or feel any uh, fault for, for his mistakes. But uh, on the court, at the very least, you could say that he is a player that can contribute to winning, that has a good, solid relationship with both Bam and Jimmy and would absolutely help Miami achieve their goal of a championship. I, I think um, he would absolutely help in that regard. Uh, to answer your to answer the question I asked you early, before we went to the break there, um, what team would you rather cover? <laughs> uh, this would be the last on my list of teams that I want to cover. Uh, Jimmy Butler, absolutely. Kyrie Irving team is not be even worse than the current locker room right now to say something and i just i can't i can't listen to Kyrie talk man i just can't do it like and, and that would be my, and it. for it to I be my job it. would be really really tough uh for me but that's not their heat are not making their decisions based on who i like to listen talk to, uh uh listen to talk to but um <sighs> I, I so the other part of this too is i don't really know if it's even possible i just bring up the name Kyrie irving because it's kind of out there right now it, would would would, or would would let's say would Lowry, Jovich, and whatever picks they have in a sign So the problem is in a sign-and-trade, then you get hard-capped. And I don't know that with yeah. the Heat extensions that are on the books and what you would be paying Kyrie to come over, I, I think yeah. they're already way over that hard-cap apron. Like, there's a limit. That's why they call it a hard-cap. And I right. think no matter what, the Heat are already over that hard-cap. So I don't know that the sign-and-trade – I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm pretty certain when I say this – that the sign-and-trade is not an option. So And that because they have no cap space, they would either right. have to, like, pay the Spurs, for instance – just mm. a team with cap space. That's why, that's why I'm throwing out the Spurs. Like, giving them a draft pick to take Kyrie, uh, to take Kyle Lowry's contract. No. And maybe, oh. and even then, you're not creating, like, $27 million of cap space because they're so over the right. cap already. So I don't know that this, is, that, that this is even possible. But I do think that's even a more interesting topic is how do you improve that point guard spot? How do you improve it? Um, I wonder if this team even needs a point guard, like a traditional point guard. I, I'm not saying that they don't. I'm, I'm just saying I wonder. Like if if Jimmy is this great of a ball handler, if Bam is this great of a facilitator, if Tyler Hero is taking steps in that direction too, can you just have those three guys 
as facilitators and surround them with defense and shooting just like a couple of three and D wings, so to speak, uh, or, or a power forward in there. And then to be like, okay, that's the team. This is the team. And we have enough ball handling if we don't have a traditional point guard. Did Miami screw the pooch by not pursuing D'Angelo Russell if they were in fact linked yeah. to Minnesota? I think that's really a lesson is if, could you have in December maybe traded Kyle Lowry for even for D'Angelo Russell's expiring, for Russell Westbrook's expiring, for Kyrie Irving's expiring? Like that. We're seeing that with the, the Westbrook experiment's not working in Los Angeles with the Clippers. Like it didn't work with the Lakers and didn't work with them. And I don't think it's going to work at any point. Like I was open to the possibility and saying, well, maybe he could attack the rim and maybe it would help. Because then you could have waved them. You could have waved them like the the like the Jazz did, right? Like the the Clippers picked him up after the Jazz waved him, and so right. And, and at the very least, he would have been an expiring contract, and you would have had to trade Lowry and Duncan Robinson and whatever a pick. Maybe I don't know what it would have been, but you would have had those contracts off your books, and then you're the Heat entering this offseason. You're like the Russell that was Russell Westbrook thing was kind of weird, but at least we don't have these contracts on our books now. And we create some flexibility. Yeah. I think that's the real lesson here: is that the Heat they had three different options potentially between D'Lo, Kyrie, and Russell, and they didn't go, they didn't pursue any of those. And in the moment, I understood why, but it, yeah. and hindsight is 2020 and all these things, but it's clear that that was a mistake, right? Because if you would add the opportunity to at least shed two really tough salaries off of your cap and create that flexi flexibility that otherwise the Heat don't have, right. like, I don't know where else the Heat can do that because Kyle Lowry is an expiring next year. Duncan Robinson still has three years left on his contract. Maybe there's places that they can move those guys. But like we saw at the deadline, that's really, really hard. It's really, really hard. And um, I don't know. I don't know where the Heat go from this. And that's why I keep coming back to, do they will just Jimmy have Butler to be bite a the bullet and trade Jimmy Butler? Will Jimmy Butler be a member of the Miami Heat next year? My, my answer is yes. What do you think? I'm not ready to answer that. Well, you've got to. I, that's the question. <laughs> you got it. It's your guess. It's your guess. I mean, you could be wrong. I could be wrong. It, it happens all the time. But, I mean, my, do you think he's a member of the Heat next season? I I still don't want to doubt that this team can do something, that they can do something the way that the Lakers did in trading Russell Westbrook in a pick and getting real value back. Can the Miami Heat in the off do that in the offseason? Do their version of that in that they trade Kyle Lowry in a pick. Kyle Lowry's expiring. That might have value to another team somewhere just because it's expiring. Right. Would they have would they be able to pair him in a pick and get real supporting depth back? That to me is the number one priority for this front office going into this off season. I still don't want to doubt that they can do that, but if that does not happen, then Jimmy Butler will, I, I, my feel, and this is not my feel is that Jimmy Butler probably yeah. won't be on the heat. If they can't do that, trading Jimmy Butler is not the first option. It's not the second option. It's, it's somewhere at third option C D E somewhere around there. But it yeah. has to be on the table. It has to be an option. Because one thing I know for sure is you can't do this again. You cannot do this again. And I, I think the Heat feel that way, too. I don't think it's Heat fans that only feel that way. I think the front office feels that way as well. Um, all right. That'll do it for us today. We'll be back uh, later tonight, tomorrow morning, with our recap of the game against the Grizzlies. Thanks again for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified as soon as new episodes go up. Now make your second listen game-to-game -game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game-to-game -game covers every game from across the NBA. With local analysis that only Locked on can deliver, Follow Game to Game on Lock on NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. David, thanks for joining me. You got it, Wes.